The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Love this sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Native, a clean deodorant that smells great and simply works. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code BRAIN during checkout. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can do all these cool things like avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and especially show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right. Once again, welcome. I want to talk about something that I received in an email, and it is about uh, someone who was in a job situation, and I'm going to read you a little bit of it right now. Someone who was in a job situation that said he worked for a company that fired him after giving 100% of himself. The reason was not being able to bring cohesiveness amongst different areas of the operation, Without going into a lot of detail, everyone agreed that I was treated unfairly and there were some hanky-panky going on with higher-ups and a certain person in the location didn't like me enforcing rules across the board. So there are some details there that um, obviously more to the story than I have here. But uh, he says, I was fortunate enough to become employed within a week, but I have to deal with this location and those people on a fairly regular basis. I have deep feelings of betrayal that these people I hired trained and took wonderful care of financially didn't do more in speaking up on my behalf i know it seems stupid but i thought they should have quit when i got fired and i know that's not realistic since people have to make a living through listening to your podcast i have learned a lot my situation is a little bit unique in the fact that as much as i want to move on i have to deal with these former workers and friends for my current employer i have thought about simply expressing my thoughts uh, with them but don't want to come across as bitter any suggestions on which of your, one of your podcasts might address letting go and moving on? Thank you very much. I pass along your program to all my friends, and they love it. Thank you so much. I'm going to call you Joe. Thank you, Joe. Um, this was written a while back. I'm sure Joe has probably gotten past this in some way, but maybe not. Maybe he's still carrying this around that the people that he used to work with or trained and helped them where they are have betrayed him, or at least this feeling of betrayal that he has. You know, where do you go with this? What is your first thought? 
And my first thought is, of course they didn't betray you. Just like Joe said, I know they didn't betray me. They have to live their lives. They have to do what they need to do so they can survive. My first thought is, yeah, that's true. And um, do we expect people to drop everything and do what we believe is right? Do we expect people to do that? And this is where I'm going to go with Joe today is how much do you expect people to drop everything for you so that your morals, so that your ethics are met, so that your values are met? And so I'm kind of being a little bit hard on Joe, which I think he might be okay with because uh, he also understands that he might be being overly sensitive about this or maybe he's being a little bit ridiculous about this because would you, Joe, quit for someone else just because X, Y, and Z happened to the company? Maybe you would. Maybe you're that type of person. Maybe you are ready to sacrifice what's going on in your life so that you can help someone else out. And I'd like to address that today. This is a good topic to talk about. You know, I didn't have too much of an intro here on um, what we're talking about today, but that's pretty much it. The intro is the email. And uh, I think this is a great subject because how many times have we gone through life and wondered, why didn't that person help me out? Why didn't they speak up for me? You know, I get this a lot with um, abusive relationships and uh, children who grow up in abusive relationships. And I usually hear from adults that were children in those abusive relationships. And those adults say, you know, this person abused me. Let's just say it's mom. Mom abused me and dad did nothing about it. Dad didn't do anything. He just sat back and let it happen. And so I hear these very heartfelt, very sad stories of people who grew up in abusive homes and a lot of them were angrier at the person who didn't protect them, who didn't jump up, stand up for them, who didn't say something, who didn't stop the abuser. In Joe's case, it probably wasn't abuse, but I bet you there's similar feelings. There's similar feelings of betrayal, like, why, you know, I thought we were all friends. I thought that uh, we had a connection here and we were on a team and what happens to you happens to me and what happens to me happens to you. And we were all going to cover each other and, and watch each other's back. I bet you Joe feels this betrayal kick in. And Joe, I don't know your background. I don't know if this is what you had to deal with when you were younger. Someone not standing up for you, someone not saying something for you. Uh, but there might be a similarity there. There might be something popping up from your past of why this is prevalent. And if that's the case, yes, it's time to look at that. It's time to explore that and hopefully process it, release it, and heal from it. And if you can do that, awesome. If you've been working on it, awesome. If you've been repressing it, not awesome. <laughs> we have to bring that up and you might need therapy. You might need a professional. You might need uh, to talk to someone. And that's great. If you have to, then there are people that deal with this. But I want you to at least explore the past to find out what's similar in the past, what's similar to what is happening now. Because we all learn our triggers, uh, what triggers us emotionally when we're younger. We, we learn these triggers at a young age. You know, somebody has to do something for the first time. We get triggered by it. 
It's usually what I call a shock to your system. Something shocks your system. It shocks your subconscious mind. It shocks your psyche. And now you have this everlasting emotional trigger that you take with you. For example, the first time somebody yells at you, you're really young, you're a child, and someone yells at you and it scares the heck out of you. When that happens, it's possible an emotional trigger can form. And we're talking PTSD here. We're talking post-traumatic stress disorder. That is more of a diagnosis, but it is very similar. We can have a traumatic recollection of something that happened to us when we were younger, and now we are reliving it. That may not be happening with you, Joe. I'm just kind of giving uh, an extreme example of what can happen and why uh, it's relative to emotional triggers and how it's you know uh, along the same lines. So somebody yells at you when you're younger, you might grow up fearing being yelled at by someone, fearing that yelling leads to hurt of some sort, or maybe yelling is the hurt. And there are people that are out there that were always highly sensitive or are now highly sensitive because of the things that have happened. They've learned to recoil when these things happen and and step back and step away. And instead of confronting it, and I'm not saying that's always a good idea. Sometimes it's not. Uh, they chose to recoil instead. They, cho- they chose to withdraw. And that is their fight or flight or freeze or now fawn response where withdrawing could be the flight, the running away from. And that flight that happens over and over again, if you continue that cycle, everything that scares you, you run away from, you can become very highly sensitive. And I'm not trying to say that you weren't already, if there are people out there listening, you weren't already highly sensitive. If there are people out there listening saying, I was always highly sensitive, that can absolutely be true. But I am saying that you can become more so when you recoil, when something happens. You don't want to confront. You develop behaviors that don't evoke other people's bad behavior or what you think is their bad behavior. That's along the fawning and people-pleasing line of what we can do when we don't want certain behaviors from other people. So we adapt and we become and we shift our own behaviors so that we get the behaviors that we want out of other people. That's what leads to dysfunction. And we try to avoid that. And we listen to this show and shows like it and we read and we go to therapy to learn how to not be dysfunctional in that way. But, you know, we carry these old triggers around, these old emotional states that we learned when we were younger, and we bring them into our our world today, and we try to live our lives normally, but then something happens. Like, Joe, something happened to you. You You're in a situation where you had what you might call a team and maybe brothers and sisters in there, you know, in the corporate sense. And when you were fired, when you were let go, Nobody stood up and said, hey, you know, you shouldn't fire that guy. And if you fire him, I'm walking out. Nobody did that for you, Joe. And so that affected you. And I know there are people listening now saying, nobody should do that for you, Joe. (laughs) Why would they do that for you, Joe? Why would they risk their career for you, Joe? Why would they stake their reputation on you, Joe? And Joe, you might say, Because I did so much for you. Look at everything I did for you. This is a slap in the face for everything that I did for you, for you not to stand up for me. 
It sounds like I'm being a little hard on you, Joe, but I'm not. I think you've had these thoughts. You said it in your message. It's kind of silly to think this way. Why would I think somebody's going to change their life for me? Who's going to do that? There are people that might do that. There are people that would stand up and say, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. And then there are most people who wouldn't. And so this is a great subject to talk about because sometimes we expect so much from people and they don't deliver. And how do we feel about that? And should we feel like they're doing bad behavior or they're doing behavior that makes us think they aren't compassionate or empathetic or they don't care about us as much as we thought that they did? How do we feel about that? That's a good question if you are dealing with it now um, as far as when someone doesn't show up for you, someone doesn't seem to care about you enough to take the bigger leaps, to take the steps to defend you or protect you or correct other people that say things about you. Well, when we come back, I'm going to give you my one-liner that will probably sound like the most demotivating comment I've ever made. (laughs) I've made it on the show before, so if you've heard me talk about this before, then maybe you're thinking about what I'm going to say. But when I come back, I'm going to give you my one-liner and we'll talk about it. We'll see where we go with it. But it's vital, I believe, to embrace this about yourself so that you don't walk around having these feelings of people betraying you, of people that should protect you. It's a hard-hitting one-liner and it doesn't apply to all situations. And I'll explain it in a bit, but we'll be right back. We'll get to it right after this. Talk to you in a bit. I was so excited to get this box in the mail from our sponsor of today's episode, Native. But the reason I was excited is because I've been using the same deodorant for a long time and I've been wanting to try something new. Now, you might think, okay, you opened it, you tried it, and it was great, and now you're going to talk about it. That's not exactly what happened. I opened it and my girlfriend comes over and says, oh, good, it's here. And I said, yes. And I said, I can't wait to try it on so you can, you know, smell it on me and tell me what you think. And she goes, you're not going to try it on. This is for me. And I said, what do you mean? (laughs) She said, I want to use this. I have been looking for a safe, effective, clean deodorant. And I finally found one here. You have your deodorant and I haven't found mine. And I want to try this. I want to see if this is going to work for me. And I thought, well, I want to try it too. But now I realize if she tries it, I don't want to smell like her. Not that it's a problem, but (laughs) I just wanted one of us to wear this. So I decided to make the compromise and let her try this, uh, which in my opinion now was a great idea. She's been working out in the garden. She's been sweating a lot. It's the middle of summer and we're in Georgia And so I decided, okay, you know what? This is going to be a great test. I'm talking about native deodorant. And we got the uh, coconut vanilla fragrance. And um, as soon as she put it on, she liked it. I liked it. But we had to put it through the trials. 
And so I remember the day she put it on, she wore it all day. She came back in all sweaty. She looked at me and said, I love this deodorant. I love it. She said, you know, I have been trying, quote, clean deodorants for the past three years now and have not found any that does what this does. First of all, it smells better than any of them. Second of all, I didn't break out. She did try a deodorant once that made her break out and it was supposed to be clean. And she said, third of all, it doesn't leave all those white marks and it just stays on me all day. I don't smell sweaty. (laughs) So I was happy about that. And I agreed with her. Everything seemed to be working out. And she said, this is the deodorant I'll be using from now on. So I can absolutely say without a doubt that this has been tested in our family and she has been wearing it every day. I have to get a different fragrance. That's okay. I'm looking forward to it. They have other smells like uh, lavender and rose and cucumber and mint and eucalyptus and mint. Uh, The mint one really intrigues me. I am curious about that. I will probably end up trying that one. But let me just tell you about them a little bit. They have a a no-risk-to-try offer where they give you free returns and exchanges in the U.S. So if you try it and you don't like it, they'll take it back. They create products with trusted ingredients and trusted performance. And they have 7,000 five-star reviews from their customers to back that up. Their products are formulated without aluminum, without parabens and talc. In fact, they're filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, which is antimicrobial. There's no animal testing, another thing my girlfriend loves, and free shipping and returns. And I can't stress how important it is to find deodorants without so many chemicals, and especially aluminum. We don't want our body to absorb aluminum. It is just, I can't imagine it's good for you at all. So I want you to consider native deodorant. They have something for everyone. They come in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women, and they offer limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. And for those of you who don't want fragrance, they have an unscented formula and baking soda-free formula if you're sensitive to that stuff. So try their no-risk offer and even subscribe to their service and save 17%. You'll save $2 a stick. This stuff works. It's safe. I love it. It is now in our household, and I'm proud to talk about it. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com. And use the promo code BRAIN during checkout so you can get that 20% off. Again, that's nativedeodorant.com. Use the promo code BRAIN during checkout. I know you're going to love it. Welcome back. I'm going to tell you the one-liner that will probably offend some people. That will probably make some people realize, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And then we'll probably make other people turn off the podcast and not listen to the rest of what I have to say. And I hope that's not true. But we're talking about people that don't stand up for you, people that don't uh, commit to doing something for you, people that don't protect you or correct people that are putting you down. These people in your life, this isn't the one-liner, but we're getting there. These people in your life, each one of them is living in their own world. First of all, each one of them is living in their own world, just like you are living in your own world. This is your world. You look out through your eyes, your perceptions, your beliefs, and compare everything to what has happened in the past 
Uh, you know, you see a car, you know how to get in the car because you've opened car doors in the past. So you generalize what it is to get into a car. You see a door, you know how to open a door. You see a balloon, you know how to blow up a balloon because you've done it in the past. This is your history, your experience. You see someone you love and you know what to say to them because you've been loved before and you have loved before, I'm going to assume. You have loved someone and you know how it feels to be loved. And so you carry this history, these experiences, this information, this knowledge, all of your thoughts, every thought that you've ever had, all of your ideas, all of your dreams, all of your fantasies, everything in your mind, you're carrying with you. You are your own world. You are everything and more. Everything you see, everything you hear is yours. It's in your world. So we have all of these individual billions of people that are in their own world. (laughs) It sounds kind of selfish, but I don't mean it that way. You are in your own world. I am in my own world. I am speaking from my own experiences, from my own knowledge, from my own thoughts and ideas and opinions and perspectives and everything else that I carry with me, just like everything that you carry with you. So we get that out of the way. We know that that person is his own world. That person is her own world. That person, that person. These are all these worlds on our planet that are walking around. And no world is alike. Every world is individual and unique and brings with it their own fears, their own desires, their own plans for the future, their own uh, memories from the past, their own nostalgia, their own fantasies, their own everything. And because of that, we have to remember that our world is so unique and so different from their world that it's amazing that we can connect at all. It's amazing that we can look at someone else with their plethora of experiences and history that we have anything to talk about. We have similarities. We have generalities. Of course, we have human bodies and human experiences that we can talk about because a lot of it is similar. But the way we experience it and the way we describe it to others can be completely different. Just like, you know, two people witness a car crash, they explain it differently. I saw a blue car, I saw a green car. He was going faster, she was going faster. We just have a different perception of reality. We walk around with our own map of reality. So I want to get that out of the way because it's important to understand that my world is not your world, is not their world, is not her world, is not his world. And it's almost like chaos versus organization. After a while, we we stop bumping into each other and we start collaborating with each other. We start working more like a team because we're sick of bouncing against each other. We come up with the rules. We come up with the laws that we can all agree on. And hopefully we get along better because of that. And then we separate it out into factions and (laughs) groups and cliques and political parties. And that all happens too. We seem to gravitate toward those like us. Anyway. Let's get to the one-liner. The one-liner is, you're really not that special. (laughs) So I just called you very unique, which you are, and completely different from everyone else, but you're really not that special. So let me tell you why I say that. 
what can happen inside of you if you learn to embrace that is realize that the worlds around you don't revolve around you because they are their own worlds. Now, I'm going to explain this a little bit because I think you're special as heck. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm not saying you're not special, but I want you to embrace this as a concept that maybe if you believed you weren't special, you would have no expectations of others. Because special people can have expectations, not all of them. But when you feel special, you sort of expect people to see you as special. Now, this isn't what I talk about on other shows like you don't feel worthy, you don't feel lovable. It's nothing like that. This is just one little aspect of life that if you can embrace it and say, you know what, I'm really not that special. So why would that person do that for me? Now, we're going to talk about, you know, how parents didn't step up for us. We're going to talk about that in a moment, you know, how they didn't protect us if that's what you went through. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when something happens to us, how are we going to perceive that? Are we going to perceive it in a way that we feel that we're so special that people should sacrifice or compromise for us? I I just want to throw that out there, especially for Joe. I'm going to throw this out there and have you ask yourself, do I feel so special that I believe Bob should step out of his world and make my world better? Because Bob, I know Bob has his own things going on in his world. He has his own family. He has his job. He probably lives paycheck to paycheck. You know, we're just making some stuff up here now. He needs to eat. He needs to keep some friendships. He needs to keep some connections. He doesn't want to burn any bridges. But Bob and I have been best friends for years. So I expect him to make a compromise, burn that bridge, and step into a better space. Step into the higher moral ground for me. Now, when we say that, at least when I say this, I feel like, I am so special that I deserve this treatment because I have built this friendship. I have trained Bob. I have helped Bob. I have made his life better. I even got him a raise. I did all this stuff for Bob. So now I am defining myself as special to Bob. And when I do that, guess what? I have laid certain expectations onto Bob so that Bob now has to do the same for me or at least something along the same lines Because all of my graciousness, all of my giving to Bob had strings attached. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel bad and I'm not trying to put you in a bad space with this. I'm just saying, let's consider that perhaps if I didn't think myself as special and I realized that Bob is in his own world and he needs to protect that world because it could fall apart. This is another part of this. Bob's world could fall apart. Bob could go into a deep depression if he steps out of his world and tries to help me. That's extreme. I know it is. But what I'm doing is trying to despecialize me. I'm trying to take what beliefs I have that Bob owes me anything out. I'm trying to minimize my role in Bob's life. Because I have this world that I'm taking care of 
that, yes, other people are involved with. And Bob has his world that he's taking care of that I'm involved with, and he has other people involved with as well. But I can minimize myself even though I am the greatest person in my world. I don't think there's a problem with that. (laughs) I don't have a problem with saying I am the greatest person in my world. I think everyone should feel that way because it's your world. It's your perception, your life, your model of reality. Everything that you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell is you. It's yours. It's your world. So you walk around in this world. Bob walks around in his world and other people you know walk around in their world. And soon you start to realize that everyone has their own life. And you know, that's life 101 right there. Everyone has their own life. He has kids. She has a marriage. He has a divorce he's going through. She has a job. He is homeless, so on and so on. Everyone has their own life. So it's important to remember that we are not the center of anyone's world because we are the center of our own world. And I'm not saying to be self-centered. That's not it. I'm not saying that you should only serve yourself. I'm not saying that you should be selfish. I'm saying that when it comes to feeling something about yourself, you should feel pretty darn good because you're king of the mountain. You're king of your own world. You're the leader of your own world. You are running the show, your own show. And when you are in that space, you can feel darn good about yourself. You know, the problems can start when you believe that you're the king of everyone's world. You're you're the leader of everyone's world. Or you start placing your values, your morals, uh, what you believe to be right and wrong onto others. Suddenly your world is is intervening and interfering with other people's worlds. I'm not saying it's always bad. Sometimes we have people that are very similar to us and we can totally vibe with them, and that's terrific. But where I'm going today is how much are you wanting others to sacrifice their world for yours? How much will Bob have to sacrifice in order for your world to be complete. Talking to Joe now. What happens, Joe, in someone else's world when they sacrifice or compromise or even do something what you might see as simple like just stand up and tell them what I said because that's not what I said. Just stand up and tell the truth. Be a man, Bob. Do what you should do because I've done so much for you. Bob may not have your courage. Bob may know that if he falls, he can't get back up. Bob may rely on that job. Bob may rely on those people. Bob may have so many things going on in his world that it could never compare to yours, Joe. It could never compare to how you've set yourself up. And this could just be psychologically or emotionally. Where you are in your psychological headspace could be so much different from where he is. And because of that, It's helpful to go, you know what, I'm not special enough for that person to sacrifice for me. We may not see that as a sacrifice. We may see it as, hey, why don't you just stand up for a friend? We may see it as that. But to them, it could be the biggest sacrifice in the world. They don't have the tools. They don't have the resources. They don't have anything to back them up. They feel like they can't do it because they would lose so much and their world would fall apart. They don't have the emotional strength to go through what you might be going through. 
or to stand up or to say something or do something. They may not have it. So this is when we come back into our own world and remember that when we expect a certain behavior from someone, that to them, it could be the greatest sacrifice they've ever experienced, at least in their own mind. It could be a massive fear that they cannot get over. And if we are so closed in in our own world and we can't see their world and everything going on in their world, we might inadvertently take advantage of them or feel like we've been betrayed by them. We might feel like they're not showing up the way we would show up for them. Therefore, they're bad people. And I'm not saying that some people aren't bad people. I believe in good and bad. (laughs) I believe that there are people out there that really don't have our best interest in mind and only think about themselves. Those are the selfish people. Those are the selfish worlds that we may not be able to penetrate, that we may not be able to intermingle with and intertwine with. We may not be in a state of commingling with them, coexistence, because they're out doing their own thing and they're always doing their own thing. We just have to accept that. That's that person's world. So now let me come back to when other people uh, you believe should stand up for you. Again, like the child in an abusive home, one's the abuser and the other one we believe is supposed to stand up and protect. Yes, you know, this is where I'm not telling you to say you're not special because you are and I believe you are no matter what. But this is where you remember that their world is also intertwined with the abuser's world. So if you've ever been in a situation where someone, I mean, it doesn't even have to be abuse, where someone is mean or bad or hurtful and the other person doesn't stand up for you, you have to remember that their world is intertwined with the bad person's world, the person doing the bad behavior, and they don't have enough tools or resources to be able to stand up for you even though you're worthy of protection, even though you need to be protected because you're vulnerable. Vulnerable people, yes, they do need to be protected. They do deserve protection, you know, if they can't do it for themselves. But it's important to remember that the people that should have stood up for you, that should have stopped the other person from hurting you, was probably so broken down after so many months or years of being with this person that they couldn't even manage their own world, let alone someone else's. Even though that person is supposed to be the protector, they had no more energy. They had no more life left in them. And there's a point where you can barely take care of yourself, let alone someone else, even though they may look like they should be able to take care of you. And I'm not saying that this is an excuse Because some people should have stood up for you. Some people should have protected you. Some people should have stopped it. But it's important to remember when they didn't, it wasn't because they didn't like you. They didn't think you were worth it. It's probably because, and I hear this over and over again, they were scared as hell. And in fact, many of them, this is what I hear as well, many of them thought that if I did that, it would only get worse. And that's tough. That is the toughest thing to digest is that, wow, if you protected me, it would get worse. Yes, it probably would have, at least in their own world, in their own mind, it probably would have gotten worse. And that's probably true. So when I talk about you're not that special, I'm not talking about situations where there's 
violence and abuse and there should be someone that protects you. I'm talking about when we grow up and we have these situations and we feel these betrayals and we feel that people should have said something or done something and they didn't, where there's not necessarily a sense of actual harm coming, but more of life's challenges that come. Like for Joe, it might have felt very harmful to be fired and not have money and be in a bad situation and lose his friends in the process because he saw these people as someone that should have stood up and didn't. And now he thinks they're not the most supportive people and he has a bad taste in his mouth from all that. But the kind of situation that pops up where somebody doesn't make a sacrifice or a compromise or even just say the right thing to us or somebody else, we have to look at and ask ourselves, do I want to get over this? Do I want to get past this? Is it so important that I need to shun these people forever? Or can I step up? Can I be the king of my world and say, you know what? That's not going to bother me. They have their own world to deal with. The people in their life have to deal with that. They're not in my life in that way, at least anymore. I thought they were, but they're not, which shows that they have stuff to deal with that they haven't dealt with yet. Because I'm sure Joe's former team here, I'm sure that one or two of them are thinking, you know, that was really rotten what they did to Joe. That was really rotten. I wish I had said something, but I was just too afraid. I I just couldn't do it. And imagine if that was your belief for all of them. What if you imagined in your mind that that was their belief, that's what they were thinking, so it could help you get past it and even treat them as if they said that. Meaning when you see them again, you say, you know, I realize that uh, you probably wanted to say something, but you couldn't because you were in a situation. They might go, oh my God, you're so right. And I wish I had said something. They may or may not say that, but When you treat someone as if they have your best interest in mind, you usually get a much more authentic connection because now they have to face their own moral or ethical dilemma if it bothers them. And I think that's a much more empowering place to have people in your life. You know what? I'm going to treat you as if you have my best interest in mind and see where this goes. I'm going to treat you as if I knew you wanted to step up and say something, but you didn't. Imagine how that person would feel if you suddenly treated them like that. Imagine some of the truths that may come out. Again, it may not work for everyone, but I bet you there are some people in your life. When you decide to be the leader in your world here, be the role model for your own world, and treat people as if they love you and care about you and want the best for you, you're going to find people that don't do the same, And then you'll know who to discount. (laughs) You'll know who to maybe uh, not be so connected to anymore. But you're going to find other people that really appreciate you allowing them in your space again. And it allows them to search within themselves and reflect on what they've done in their life to figure out if, you know, they feel good about it or not. Because maybe eventually they'll say, you know what, I feel really bad for what I did. And they would never have said that if you didn't open up the space for them to do that. So that's what I want to leave you with today. I think that's a good space to be in, no matter where you are. Yes, we can think that we're not so special, but we become very special when we decide to give people the benefit of the doubt and 
choose to allow the possibility that they actually have our best interest in mind. And I'm not talking about everyone. Not everyone passes that test. And if they don't pass that test, you know who they are. I'm talking about the ones you never give a chance to. See what happens. Might reveal some things you've never heard before. That could be a good thing. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be right back. Say some thank yous and goodbye right after this. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsor, Native. I am so proud to have them on the show, nativedeodorant.com. And when you check out, make sure to use the promo code BRAIN so you get 20% off your first purchase. You're going to love their deodorant. And I want to thank all the supporters of this show. You can support the show by going to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. I am so grateful for your support. This is how we keep going. This is how we run the show over here. So if you find value in this show, head over to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com, give a gift or subscribe monthly, and I'll do my best to give back because once you're in the patron membership site, you get access to all the private episodes that you've never heard, all the free workbooks that I have in there, discounts on some of the products that I sell like the Mean Workbook and a heavy discount on the Safe Empowerment System for Social Anxiety, and also the new few-minute videos that I'm creating called Minutes to Momentum are just one small piece of advice that can go a long way. So head over there, patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. Thank you, existing patron members. I value you, I appreciate you, and I thank you. And I want to tell you about my other podcast, Love and Abuse. If you're in a relationship that just seems way too difficult, you know, relationships shouldn't be this complex, you want to check out Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com. It is also home of the mean workbook on emotional abuse and manipulation. Both the workbook and the podcast are a great resource if you have one of those complex relationships and or you want to learn more about emotional abuse, manipulation, control, and uh, all the other things that can happen in a relationship that you may not even know are emotional abuse and control and manipulation. And one of the big signs is always feeling guilty or always feeling like you can't do enough. I mean, these are signs that perhaps the relationship needs some help. So check out Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in The Overwhelmed Brain. And now let me counter what I said earlier. You are very special. (laughs) You are the most special thing in the world. Yes, you are. How can that be? There's billions of us, Paul. Well, you are in your world. You have to create this world as you go along. And if you don't think you're special in your world, guess what happens? Your world starts to fall apart. You know, I'm talking a little bit of healthy ego here. I want you to develop a healthy ego. I want you to be able to build this ego and say things like, I'm a catch. I'm damn proud of myself. I'm a great guy. I'm a great girl. I'm a great person. Whatever you call yourself, you're great. So why did I say that you're not so special? Because when you're in certain situations, it's helpful to develop certain temporary beliefs that help you get through it. And when you develop a healthy ego, you can handle it. You don't have to say, 
oh, I don't feel so special, and then take a hit to your self-worth or self-esteem. You can actually feel good in yourself knowing that you are special, knowing that you are a great catch, so you can elevate above the emotionally triggering moment. So when you're carrying around some resentment or anger or upset toward anyone in your life, and you expect certain behavior from them, and instead of saying, well, they're not worth it, I'm not even going to think about it, because sometimes you can do that and it doesn't work. If it does work, great, use it. (laughs) Because they're carrying around issues too, and if we can see those issues, great. But it's sometimes hard to see past our own world. Sometimes hard to see past our own perceptions. Often it's hard to see past our own perceptions. Which is why it's helpful to develop temporary beliefs that you can absorb, that you can adopt, and say, you know what, I don't expect any behavior from them because why would they treat me the way I know I really am? Why would they? Because I'm not really saying that I'm not special. I'm saying that they don't see the greatness in me. And because of that, I can let go the lack of perception in them. You are special. You are king or queen of your world. You are the leader of everything in your life. So always remember to keep an open mind so that you can step into your power. This will help you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing.